Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hello and welcome into the First Line Podcast, brought to you by the Say It Again Network. My name is Kyle Henning. I'm joined by both of my line mates this evening as we brought all of our equipment with us this evening. Jen Mackey at Big Mac underscore four and Adam Dinker at AP Dinker on Twitter. I believe also on all the other social platforms. Uh, follow the podcast at SIA First Line on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, so on, so forth. Follow the network on its handles. Jen, how are you this evening? I am good. Um, pretty tired. I'm back off spring break, back at work. So getting back into that work schedule and back to being exhausted every night. But I'm always excited to talk about hockey and all the fun stuff that's going on right now. As we, I, we're almost, no, we have to be, ha- are we past the halfway point now? I was, I was just getting ready to look at that. I think we we're, might have We're hit on that day mark. 56 of 116, but I'm not good at math, so I don't know. Well, that puts us right at 112 there, so yeah, so it's not almost, quite halfway yet. Be two more days and we'd be halfway if that's if your math is correct. Which is bizarre to think about, but we're really starting to see things kind of flatten out the way we thought they would, so a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yes, there is, and uh, our resident left his skates and elbow guard at home last week, but has them all with us this week and brought his jersey even. Adam Dinker is with us. How are you, Adam? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back that, you know, all my stuff is finally working this week. Uh, was glad. I'm glad that we could finally sit down and do this once again. Uh, I'm glad that you guys got all the... Uh, all the ragging on me about my equipment magically not working as we were about to sit down last week to record uh, out of your system. And, uh, yeah, glad to be back to talk about hockey. Uh, a lot has happened since we've – three of us have been really together. Patrick Kane, 1,000 career games. Uh, my, the Lightning are currently playing down to the Detroit Red Wings not looking like the defending cup champs. And it looks like the Rangers, my other team – uh, their number one target and Jack Eichel went down, as you were saying before we recorded, with an upper body injury. So, you know, life is good. Can it be better? Of course. But, you know, the band is back together. Yeah, I'm sure we won't make any more jokes about your equipment not working tonight at all, I promise. Uh, can't can say that for certain. Um, so you mentioned a couple things. Let's talk about the the one that I think is most interesting real quick is the Patrick Kane thousand games. That's a huge milestone for anybody. Um, as, as everybody knows, we just recently went through that with Sid in the Pittsburgh area and seeing somebody else like that. And we, <laughs> Jen and I talked about Patrick Kane a smidgen last time. So, uh, Adam, give me your thoughts on Kane hitting the thousand mark. And I'm sure you listened to us talk about you last time. So anything we didn't, you want to add to what we said from there, but kind of overall what you think of it, where he's established himself as a player, uh, especially well, in the American side. 
well, Keen, I, I really thought he was already past a thousand. Uh, he's been in the league for uh, how how many years is it now? It, it seems like an eternity, but I mean, he came to the into the league at age nineteen, so that that does make sense. But uh, just a great player has really just propelled the game of hockey on the American side of things. Uh, before, when he came into the league, Mike Madonna was really the the the, the reference in terms of the greatness of American hockey and Patrick Kane pretty much took that over three cup wins uh, a couple scoring titles uh, an MVP here and there and, and, a, and a con Smythe so uh, just really took the game of hockey in the United States to a whole nother level and uh, you know can't wait to see what numbers he finishes with in his career and uh, it really shows you that, you know, these guys being in the league for as long as they are, you know, it seems like they've already hit the thousand goal, uh, thousand game mark. But, you know, for him, you know, it, it, it really puts things into perspective of how great a player he is considering now that he's just getting up to a thousand and he only he already has a thousand and sixty points uh, along with 400 goals. So it's it's still impressive and I can't wait to see where he finishes his career. Yep, he got to end, and that's something that is interesting, is he got to his 400th goal just a couple of games prior to hitting his 1,000 mark. So, yeah, and uh, against that Detroit, against <laughs> Detroit a few nights ago. What? What do you mean when they just decided to turn Detroit, on the scoring fountain yeah, and not turn it off? When they didn't show up and the Blackhawks obliterated them. But, yeah, Patrick Kane, he's one of those players where it's like, obviously, everybody – by now, you know I'm a Wild fan, so they're kind of like our biggest rival. But Really? E- even people that I've seen in Minnesota who respect the game of hockey, respect Patrick Kane. Like, you could be a Wild fan, and I've known Wild fans who Patrick Kane is still their favorite player. And he's just – he makes it fun to watch. And, yeah, it feels like he's been in the league forever. He should have already hit this milestone. But the things he's done and just watching him, I mean – Blackhawks, I wouldn't say that they're the best team right now, but he really gives them that extra leg up that they need to continue to compete for something. Without him, this team probably is they're they're still at the bottom. They're they're they have a fighting chance with him in the lineup and he's he's such a phenomenal player. It's it's ridiculous what he does. And he still plays like he's so young too. Like he his game it doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. He still has the same speed, skill. It's He's just so fun to watch, and he he makes you love what he does when he's out on the ice. So, yeah, hats off to Patrick Kane, phenomenal player, and, like, he's still got so much gas left in the tank that I can't wait to see, like Adam said, how his career finishes and more milestones to come from him. And we'll use this as kind of our coverage of the Central because this is just an easy lead-in and tie-in. He's been fantastic, and he's literally backpacking that team to a current playoff position in the standings right now. Now, I know that doesn't mean squat because all the game variances, differences of how many everybody's played and who they played and all that crap. But regardless of that, most people didn't think the Blackhawks, us included, would be sniffing anywhere near where they're sitting at the moment. And they're sitting there mostly on his back as no Taves all year long. Seabrook just retired in like officially a week ago or less. Uh, it's been it's been the Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, and God, I hope every some other guys that are young show up and help out. Guys like Debrinket and uh, Suter, uh is it Suit? I can't. I always mess up his name. Suter is it Suter or Satur? He's the young kid. He's super young and he's been playing out of his mind for them lately. It's Sutter, Sutter. Um, and 
and they found a goalie like we talked about last time. So, but it's an interesting spot for them in this division because right now you've got a bunch of teams kind of starting to group themselves together at the top, and you got some other teams just kind of separating out the bottom. Columbus is in that bubble area, but Nashville and Detroit are starting to fall off the pace. Tampa, Carolina, Florida, and Chicago are all right there grouped together. Columbus is about is a little bit behind, but the team that doesn't really make sense is Dallas because of the amount of games they've missed, and we'll see what they do. They're currently up 2 nothing on Chicago as we record this, so um, it's, it's going to be an interesting year in the Central. We've said that a bunch, but Chicago, with what Kane has done, has been super impressive, so wanted to touch on that while we had the, had the brief time. Um, the other subject that I think is something we needed to address that we haven't talked about was the passing of Wayne Gretzky's father. Um, that's if if you're not familiar with what that family and what that man has done for hockey, with what 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 Walter's done, you you should go look and and go look at the stories about him, and from just random people that have met him throughout the years and been around him and everything he's done for the game, not just you know helping birth one of the yeah without taking ever. without playing a single minute in the NHL, yeah. he has really solidified his. They call him like the hockey dad of Canada. So yeah, very, very tragic news. Trying to watch uh, Wayne Gretzky talk about it in his eulogy. You could just see like, yeah, the the amount, like obviously there's so much love from the family, but outside sources, you see just all these, like an abundance of stories about what he did and the inspiration he was. So yeah, without being a player himself in the national league, it's incredible what he's done. Like, what he's done with this sport and as yeah aside from birthing Wayne Gretzky he has really just had such an impact on it through his entire life and yeah just by being one of the great hockey dads and it's really sad and yeah really yeah that's really all I have to say about it yeah that and especially with what he went through with with kind of what it was at the end and I think they said Parkinson's which is just tough to watch anybody have to go through and deal with especially a guy that is notorious as you mentioned for being such a nice human being and just a general good overall person despite all of what he's given besides that so just a tough thing um and sucks for the hockey community it really does we also lost um another member of the miracle team um Adam you want to talk about that a little bit well, um, you know, uh, Mark pa- uh, Mark Pavlich, uh, former Miracle and Ice player, um, also played for the New York Rangers, and, and it and it felt it seemed like uh, in the reports after he died, just unfortunate. It looked like um, more likely than not, CTE kind of had a, a play uh, with. You know, I mean, we all know how how rough and, and dangerous old school hockey was back in the day. I mean. Really, the Miracle on Ice uh, movie doesn't really do any justice as to really what punishment these guys went through, especially with you know how undersized they were compared to some of the players uh, that they were playing during the international game. So, just an unfortunate uh, story behind uh, one of the better known names on the Team USA and the Miracle on Ice team. But uh, hopefully, we don't find any more. Uh, unfortunate things that were surrounding it but uh yeah it's it's just a um a reminder that as much as we enjoy this great sport that these athletes at the end of the day are just people like you and i and that they they 
they face the same demons that you and I could could face on any given day. So you know, it's an unfortunate situation, but um... yeah, that's that's it's very hard to add anything really else to that um, until they even kind of give more information or really say anything. And I don't know that we we will hear much more about it. And it's also not really something that's necessarily public information. Although if it is for CT, if it is CTE stuff, that would be be good to know because it, it helps develop the research in that in that super important area so um, yeah, i think his sister in past um interviews has touched on that she thinks that's what he suffers from you know she could just see the change in the type of person he was and that's just sad you know with you know, like you said old school hockey very different you know equipment's different the way the game is played is different so I, you just feel feel for the family having to watch him go through those changes and then for it to end like this is just it's really disheartening and really sad and you wish that there was something that you could have done to try and help him I'm sure that's what the family thinks with situations like this but really all yeah. we can do is remember him for what he was and hope that going forward this just yeah helps with some research to prevent it in the future with the players that are playing right now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the key thing at this point. That's why you see some of the uh, different safety measures and stuff trying to be taken, taken place. And supposedly some of the legislation and some of this stuff out of the league, which I guess as, uh, as awful as a transition as that is transition just kind of out of the, that portion of the program and into our next topic is we saw something that, we've talked about a hundred thousand times is the letter of the law of what they're trying to take out of the league committed by a guy who's done it a hundred times before with another Tom Wilson incident this, this week. So uh, seven games. Um, I don't know where are you guys at with it. Cause I'm, I tend to be apparently a bit extremist on Tom there. Cause I have a certain distaste for the frequency with which he crosses the line, but you guys let tell me where you're at. Seven games, too much, too little, not enough? I think because usually you see maybe like a two or three game suspension, but, you know, he's a repeat offender with this kind of stuff. I think you have to start tacking on more games because, yeah, you like hitting is a part of hockey, but there's a safe way of doing it. And he crosses that line so many times where it's you don't want a player to get seriously injured because he's careless with what he's doing on the ice or he's letting his emotions get get the best of him you know that game where I'm, I'm pretty sure it was this game that he committed it was against Boston and Boston was really just running away with that game and you could tell he was in two fights that night um, one with Trent Frederick and I, I'm blanking on who he put the hit on but you know he left the game I think he was he immediately like, out. he, he yeah, went, he went to hospital right away and yep. gosh yeah, i wish hit, i could if you brandon guys... carlo yep. he hit okay. brandon carlo really okay. high brandon carlo is six foot five yeah and he like no play on the puck or anything and unnecessary just really smashing his face right into the he boards jumped. and yeah like to hit him in the back of the head like that it's it's just so unnecessary and you know i don't know if Wilson's fined on top of that or anything but it's just you have to start to really punish these guys who you know you see guys who they've never done it before you know it could have been an accident um fluke thing you probably won't expect to see it from them again but Tom Wilson you probably this won't be the last time you've seen this from him and 
you know, he gets away with a lot. He he is known for being the fighter, the tough guy. And I do, it really is unfortunate because I do love watching him play. But when he screws up, man, he screws up. And it's really disappointing. And as a hockey fan, it's like, come on, you, you shouldn't be out there to try and hurt people like that. Yeah, there there is a sense of violence in hockey, but there there's that line. And he he's not even tiptoeing with it. He's just so far past it that... Yeah, you almost wonder seven games even enough punishment, and that's well. And Adam, I I don't know if I'm just misremembering this, but I swear at one point in one of the last times he did something like this, he was basically told, "You do this again, it's for at least ten. You do it again after that, it's the whole it's the whole season from whatever you do it again." And that doesn't seem to be what we're getting. That's also probably why he didn't appeal the scenario. The scenario, but like. Did this he? Is, yeah, he had some Zoom meeting, I think, but I don't remember exactly yeah. what took place with it. So but. he did not. Appe- he's not appealing the suspension. Also, he was given the in-person meeting and as a, but they aren't doing in-person, so it was a Zoom call. Yada yada. So that doesn't seem to be working. That's also why fighting is required in the in the sport still, is because there wasn't a penalty given on that play. There was no call. Yeah. yeah. Um it, it seems Where's... like every it seems like every year we have some sort of conversation about something that Tom Wilson has done. Uh, I think it, you're being it's... generous with once a year, but yeah. <laughs> uh but the thing that it, it's kind of confusing that the the Department of Player Safety who is trying to, to make the game safe or safer for these guys and trying to get a lot of that unnecessary contact what we saw with Tom Wilson on Brandon Carlo. I mean, make no mistake about it. Brandon Carlo isn't a, is no safe. He's not a saint either, but uh, nobody deserves to get hit like that. And it, the fact that you say you want to get rid of all this stuff out of the game and then you turn around and you give a guy basically seven games, which is, I think we could all agree somewhat just of a, a slap on the wrist uh, of a suspension. I, I think that, not just seven games is aggressive if it's like a first offense but for tom wilson that's yeah you know you got to find him you got to go without pay you got to do something more like when you start messing with their money that's when yeah things will change needs to be some sort of other penalty uh whether you you find him maybe i guess i don't know i don't know it's a good number five grand I, I guess maybe is a good number in terms of... Oh, I'm line. sure there's a maximum allowed under the CBA. You see yeah. that every single time they find someone, so... Yeah, and then seven games, especially for a repeat offender, I don't. I, I think... Look, we're... we can stop saying repeat. Like, repeat is for guys that have done it one and two. We're talking serial, constant. It happens four times a full season. So, And if it's I the guess... playoffs, at least once. Like, we do this all the time with this guy. So, so most either... likely, I, I I mean because if if you if the league turned around and gave him twenty games, he could appeal and probably get seven anyway. So that's um, the thing, and that's the thing that's the silliness portion of this is like, what's enough? And when does the players' association stop defending a guy that's hurting their players? Like it, I I know I'm a Penguins fan and I don't like the Capitals. No, I and I the thing that's really frustrating for me is. That his role is kind of what my role was when I played the sport, except I was always very careful not to go across that line and like severely start injuring dudes because that's not what you want to be known for as a player, except he doesn't seem to care that that's a problem. And it's not like it's working that any of these suspensions are registering. 
He sits for a week. Okay, well, it's a pandemic season. He might have sat for a week anyway. Like, what What are we doing? Well, I, and you I also, guess... you never know kind of who is going to say enough's enough and go take a cheap shot on him. And then it just turns into a whole big thing. And like, you know, with them well, playing in the same division all year long, the tension's already high. And, and you don't even you... call it? I, I don't know when or if Boston plays them again. I'm assuming they do. But, you know, the way the pandemic has been causing problems, I don't know exactly what schedules look like now. But if they match up again with him, it's like you don't know who's going to be pissed off and go take a cheap shot themselves because they're fed up with it after so much time and having like watching him do it to their players all the time. And it, it's just going to cause more problems. And it's like... You also, yeah, Tom Wilson, he's not the greatest, but you never want to see somebody get severely injured. And it's just, it's causing so much, so many issues with what you're, you make it seem like it's okay because you're not penalizing him enough or even calling it during the game. You know, there's just so much that has to go into player safety while also being able to enjoy hockey culture at the same time. I guess that's my biggest frustration is how it was missed live, like during the game. Like I, especially because you guys have made a, a notorious thing for NHL officials to make reputation calls, and then a guy goes out who's literally got the reputation of listing eight mile long, and he goes out and takes a clean, clear run at a dude's head from halfway across the ice, jumps and hits him in the head, pins his head to the glass, and there's not even a whistle. Like you didn't even call the penalty. It took a whole, uh, you got a whole brawl out of it. But there was no penalty on Tom Wilson on that play. Yeah, and I think that that game followed a game like Caps and Bruins again where there was a cheap shot from Ovi. So it's just letting too much go. And And that's why fights happen. And that's why fighting has to still be allowed in the league. But what I don't understand is why player safety wants to scream player safety and then not actually handle it as a player safety thing like i said i'm not here to beat on the drum i mean every Um, league every sports league has that problem though i know i know but if we're gonna be this inconsistent it's really frustrating yeah and washington faces them four more times in april so oh so they've only played half their games against each other yeah they start on april 8th and they'll see each other four times over that like 10 day period or something like that Jeez. Again, East being a blood blood bath that it is, it it's just getting worse and worse because, they, yeah, I don't know. We'll so, see what happens. Right. We'll see what happens when Tom Wilson comes back. It's it's seven games. It's what he got. Um, I I hope we start seeing more. Either people start handling him like they need to on the ice. That's why I love Trent Frederick facing up against him. It's like this young. I think he's mm-hmm. maybe 22 23 not afraid to show him what's up i think he's he's nope. very quickly becoming a favorite in boston simply because he is not afraid to take the shit of wilson or ovi or anything like that so once you know once tom wilson starts to get a taste of what he's serving maybe he'll i mean maybe not because it's tom wilson but can only seems, hope <laughs> he seems very stubborn and unwilling to learn even when taught by fists well yeah we, we... We say that every year with Brad Marchand, and, and here we are. You know, he, well, he, he has stopped licking sort of... people, I think, at some point. So at least I mean, we made during some a pandemic, it, it, it took a pandemic <laughs> for him to stop licking people. So that's maybe a little different. They As call him the rat for the a reason. The season is not over. <laughs> that is that's true. also true. You have a lot to focus on every day. 
Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you. Every parent knows that children give so much. They give you sleepless nights. They give you hugs. Mommy! They give you joy. <laughs> and sometimes they give you headaches. Dad, I ran over the mailbox again. But through it all, you want to give them everything. And with the UNEST app, it's easy to start saving for your child's future. We put smart investing tools right in the palm of your hand. UNEST provides incredible flexibility. Whether you're saving for college or building a nest egg to use for other things for your kids, you can grow your UNEST account by earning rewards from over 150 top brands like Disney Plus and DoorDash. Or share your UNEST gifting link with friends and family for birthdays and holidays so they can contribute to your child's account. Download the UNEST app and use the code IHEART25 at sign up to receive a $25 bonus when you fund your account. That's code IHEART25 when you sign up at unest.co for a $25 bonus. See terms and conditions at unest.co. Man. All right, let's let's look at this big news here because this is going to be this is big for the NHL. This is big for the, some of the what we talked about with the growth of the sport somewhat last week. And I know Adam wasn't present for that, but he can put a little bit in. Maybe he can add some of his thoughts to that. Um, ESPN is being reported is latching on to a heavy chunk of NHL coverage over the next uh, six years, starting in twenty twenty two. Um, that includes at least four of the six Stanley Cups. Um, what do we think, guys? Are we? I mean, we've talked about it a little bit on and off the air here. Um, what, are we excited that ESPN's getting coverage, or are we? Where, where are we at? Where's everybody at? I'll let uh, I'll let Adam swing first on this one. Uh, I I think I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Uh, yeah, the perfect NHL phrasing. Gonna, yeah, I think the NHL is going to get that big stage that they so desperately need with what ESPN has to offer in terms of promoting the sport. But Kyle said it best before we jumped on air was that ESPN spent what the last five years basically cutting down their, their whole hockey coverage and it's, and basically deeming hockey almost unessential. Uh, if, I mean, especially now Max Kellerman looks even worse uh, after his, after his comments, I believe, what was it, last year or earlier this year? No, it was, it was what, like early uh, it's 2020? Recently enough that it makes you look really stupid, especially within an 18-month period of time frame it could have taken place in. Yeah, so it, I guess this could go one of two ways. It could either be a very, very good thing for hockey or it could be a very bad thing for the sport, depending on how serious ESPN really is in terms of broadcast, the coverage. Uh, it, it doesn't count if we're going to be having intermissions in which we talk about LeBron James for, for 17 minutes. <laughs> or or if, if Tim Tebow decides to go to a hockey game, let's not make it all about that. So, I mean, then again, I don't have a problem with that. I love Tim Tebow. But... Uh, I, I'm curious to see how they, who who they bring aboard. I I, I think the the main consensus in terms of the 
who's going to be the guy or the person to kind of lead the charge in terms of the broadcasting, Gary Thorne. I would love for ESPN to bring him back. Um, it would actually be cool to see uh, them use their writers, like Evan Peters, who was let go at one point, but it seems like possibility of him coming back uh, to do tra- uh, draft stuff. That'd be fantastic. And also bringing Emily Kaplan on and Greg Wyshynski to, to talk maybe within during games. So uh, there's a lot of good things that could come out of this, but if it, it all depends on if ESPN takes it seriously. Yeah, and that's that's really the whole thing. You know, it's it's exciting, the thought of hockey finally getting that big stage coverage and, you know, more people just being exposed to the sport and the content. And, uh, it you know, it's something that we always wish for is just more exposure for the sport and with the NHL. But doing it right is what's important, you know. Don't just bring in the content and then still kind of belittle them neglect them a little bit you know still have you know nba nfl all up here baseball and then you put hockey still like little brother um you still you want to see them get as much coverage as these other sports if you're going to bring them in you want to actually grant them the content that they deserve on this platform and it yeah it, it all depends on if they're going to do it the right way or not, um, who they bring in, how they do it. I, I'm excited, but you said, like, cautiously optimistic is the perfect way to explain it because it it's really exciting, the thought of NHL getting some coverage from ESPN, who's obviously a huge sports outlet. But if they don't do it right, it's going to just be really disappointing. And then, you know, they're stuck in this contract and not getting what they deserve out of it and – yeah, I, I don't know who they'll bring in to do the coverage, but and you don't know how they'll play games. It's just it's exciting, but I don't want to get too excited until I really see kind of the um, finalizations of it and how they plan on doing it. Because I, I have talked with my brother several times about how growing the game is so important, but if you can't do it the right way, you know, you want people to still be interested. If you're going to bring them in on this huge platform – you want to do it in a way that's going to appeal to non-hockey fans, get them to want to watch. And if you don't do that the right way, then they're still just going to turn their nose up to it and it's just going to cause problems and you don't know what will happen from there. Uh, I'm going to be Scrooge. No, I'm terrified and frankly not optimistic. Um, it scares the crap out of me that ESPN now has their is going to have their hands on hockey. For one, I want to know what the dollars are because if they're not – considerable i'm not happy for one this needs to be a significant increase from what it was with nbc having it two i don't want them on channel espn alternate every night (laughs) i don't want because you everybody laugh you can sit we all know what they do with that crap they will bury it they've mocked and made fun of hockey as adam said as i talked about before the podcast they completely hack and slash their hockey staff not that long ago completely did it with their esports teams too did it with several other things i know that everybody was cutting things out because of a pandemic but they were doing that long before the pandemic happened they took an axe to their nhl staff a couple years before the pandemic happened so i i'm super not excited i i guess i cautiously optimistic is super is super nice i'm terrified of what we're going to get out of this um they they have people in that building that know hockey. They just don't ever have them talk about it. Yeah, Emily Kaplan's one of my favorite people. Well, you, 
it's almost like oh Emily. she works for espn that's just like it's almost disappointing well, that she works for espn because the it, content she yeah. puts out is so great it's like you wish she worked for a platform that cared more or yeah. that hockey people considered a viable source of information for hockey news because that's a large part of the problem is they've eliminated themselves from that market yeah uh, they my concern is they have they have people on staff that have been around a lot longer than Emily Kaplan has in the hockey world that they haven't used for hockey in a better part of, what, 15 years? 10, 15 years comfortably? Uh, Steve Levy used to do hockey all the time. Butcher Gross, we've talked about it. That's what oh, he does. He, he, yeah, he does he's hockey. one of my favorites. You notice how he's barely on SportsCenter anymore and barely on TV anymore and barely... You almost, you almost just know him as a Twitter personality yeah. and not yeah. like an actual... Yeah, factual like college hockey credentialed and... yeah you just kind of know him for what he like the Bougie overtime, overtime challenge. challenge yeah exactly you almost like he does work for these networks and, and linda they don't, yeah they've got linda Cohn buried on espn plus with the in the crease thing and i know they gotta put out content for in in the in for espn plus but hockey gets no love and if they're just buying it to bury it again because that's kind of what happened that's why they went elsewhere last time I'm not on board with that. And I really hope that they put the effort that everyone's talking about and they do what you guys are optimistic about. But man, until they show me, I'm uh, I'm super nervous about how this is going to look because for one, if they didn't pay considerably more for it, that's not great for the league in a time where the NFL starting to set records with TV deals and so on and so forth. You're, you need to start really dragging that money up and getting into national competitions with these other leagues especially not even the NFL, but like baseball, you gotta, you gotta start putting pressure and getting into those markets and competing for that area. If you're the NHL and ESPN is a platform to do it. If the NHL has made sure that they are going to basically make them do it with the way they negotiated this deal. And that this isn't going to turn into a a failed eight year experiment of the league going stagnant again, because we've seen that before too. Especially with the talent that's in the league, like, they deserve the coverage, so it would be really disappointing if they don't get that. And like now, now would be the time. There is such great talent in the league right now with the vets and the young guys. This is a good time to get people exposed because there's so much talent and there's so many names that even if you don't pay attention to hockey, you should know at least one or two of them. But also not just focusing on the big names and making sure that every team gets exposure, the big playmakers. Like if something happens, you're out there putting out content for it. It's not just Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin. Like it's every, like everybody. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited for the sense of them getting that platform. I'm just, I'm nervous that they're still going to be neglected almost just on this platform now, instead of just by viewers. I would imagine to start off, they would probably we'll, we'll probably just hear the the same, I guess 10, 15 names per night, uh, just to start off. And then once they start to realize what they could do content wise, I think that they'll start to hire more people and bring more people back to to really help that uh, out the, the workload. And it, I just saw an article on Sportsnet uh, saying that NBC currently pays two hundred million dollars 
annually mm -hmm. uh, for exclusive U.S. media rights. And so I would have to imagine that the NHL to kind of because they were let's let's like make no mistake about it. They were perfectly content with NBC making doing their coverage. I think we could all agree that. Yeah, I enjoy um, NBC in the way they cover it. But Wednesday, sure. night, Wednesday night rivalry was brutal to have the, the Rangers and the Wild or whatever two teams that are polar opposites and polar conferences uh, to, to play each other on Wednesday nights and call it a rivalry. I, I don't know who came up in meetings with that idea, but uh, the concept a, was brilliant. It's a great idea. You just have great. to pick yeah, the yeah. right teams to. It, they in. didn't schedule it with a drunk guy and a dartboard. They would have been a lot better off with the naming <laughs> I, I, of Wednesday no, night no, rivalry. The name, but... the name was great. I guess they just never told the NHL scheduling front office about it. Uh, I, 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 and I, here again, we go back to presenting yourself well to the fan base and explaining your game and having it accessible and making it make sense and people because when you hear rivalry and you hear hockey you hear teams don't like each other things are nasty aggressive it's hard there's hitting history, it's fast paced yeah. there's yeah. history and then you tune in to watch two teams that look like they're going through the motions on Wednesday night rivalry night you're like rivalry what the hell what is this bullshit like what? not one fight what <laughs> i i think i think espn will be able to do a lot with especially the outdoor games swear um, to god if they bring that puck tracker back i will start throwing things <laughs> <laughs> i i hope they don't either but um the good thing about this also as well is that i know uh, and we spoke about it a little bit is uh, people like Emily Kaplan, people like like Greg Wyshynski, who I believe do a podcast together for ESPN, as well as other stuff outside, um, that will be brought to a more that will have more national attention than it normally does. And I think that especially two people like that, who almost on a daily basis put out great hockey content, uh, like yeah. you said, uh, Jen Emily puts out these great articles that mm -hmm. are so outside the box that it, it, it's to have that to, to give that a bigger a bigger audience i think is only gonna help but kyle i i would have to my statement would be we hope yeah um <laughs> so it, it's let's just hope that if they could start off on the right foot and, and get this going uh when it actually does start um then and then i won't have as much of an issue with it as if they maybe fail on certain decisions that are sort of outside the box like I said, I'm I'm the one that I will sit here and be concerned slash not even really super optimistic until they show me that they're remotely actually interested in giving They've the sport given its you attention. reason to think that way, though. Yeah. It's not unfair thinking on your well, part. And, and the NHL also, on, on the other hand, they this is crucial for them. Remember, they they need to make money back uh, for not having fans in the stands and all all that other stuff that was affected by COVID. Plus they have a new franchise coming into the league. So the next year yeah. and a half is going to be very crucial with them in terms of promoting the game. So I don't think they went into this deal with ESPN, uh, taking it very likely, uh, lightly. I think they, they really thought long and hard about it. And they think that ESPN, I mean, I'm watching the lightning red wings game tonight on ESPN plus, And I have to say just, from my experience with using NHL.TV, ESPN Plus has been great. Not one pause or anything. Granted, I do have, and everyone likes to make jokes on the on the show that my internet connection is terrible. But <laughs> I, I was going to say, how is that possible? <laughs> I have to say though, uh, no, ESPN Plus. It looks like they're doing a fantastic job. I mean, look what they've done with the UFC. If they bring that same enthusiasm with with hockey, I, I don't see a reason as to why it okay. can't work. So here's my thing with that. 
the ESPN Plus coverage that you get is mostly regional coverage that they just basically pop into ESPN Plus and provide it as an extra outlet for it. Because you get your home team announcers on a lot of these broadcasts, which tells me that they're pulling the regional footage from whatever the network is they're paying for as a sublet and basically streaming. Fine, great. Also, you're lucky that your podcast video freezes every four minutes, but your ESPN video, which freezes (laughs) for everyone else on planet Earth, never freezes because I've had mine and I have spectacular internet for the most part. And ESPN goes into these modes where I have to literally leave the game and go back into it because it starts like hop, skip, glitching across the screen and won't won't stay connected. So See, and I, I'm, I don't I'm have, impressed. I don't have issues with NHL TV. I haven't experienced what a lot of other people do, and I I don't know maybe why I didn't think my internet was that oh. great, but I I don't have the issues with NHL TV freezing or pausing or anything like that. It's it's like a normal game on TV for me. Maybe I'm just lucky, though. I don't know. The other thing I will say about this is I want to see the details because if blackouts are still listed as an option, they have failed in this DVD. Okay. I will say that right now. That is fair because I, as we're watching, like I I have a game pulled up on the side on NHL TV and I wanted to tune into Blackhawk Stars, but because of national blackout, I couldn't do it. And not being able to watch if I'm going somewhere, I can't watch a wild game without – trying to figure out Fox Sports Go, and it's just a whole big mess. I would like to just be able to, if I pay for it, I get every game no matter what. Right, and I've said this before. Like For those of us who, like I don't know, live in a state where there isn't a team and you deem us to have five local markets and then ask us to pay for a subscription to watch games and we can't watch any of them, what's the point? Yeah. Like, how does that help you grow your fan base or help your – like I, if you're going to make a package – purchasable for people to watch stuff and i understand that people want network exclusive rights agreements that's fine and great but when they buy your product directly from you they can't access the stuff period unless they pirate a vpn or change their location or drive seven states away that's absurd it it's silly and it makes no sense especially in a year where you cannot have any fans in the stands so who exactly are you blacking it out from oh yeah the people you can't even put in the building who are paying your bills like what are we doing i feel like taylor twelman hey they can use that one to death for espn every time they talk about the nhl what are we doing it's over and over again i like i said i'm i'm i hope that you two are right. I just don't believe it until I see it, especially because the NHL has been notoriously bad about marketing itself. And the ESPN, ESPN has been notoriously bad about caring about hockey for a very long time. Unless now, it's Sidney Crosby's birthday. then Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, but that's the LeBron treatment. And yeah. I, that's the one thing I can say about the platform changes. I hope that happens is I hope superstar athletes from other places pick up and attach themselves to the sport. Because if they do, that's where they'll get the growth and the benefit out of this. But if yeah. ESPN doesn't come to the table and try to push this and try to present them like an actual league, it isn't going to matter. Yeah, so then in that way, Kansas could get an actual NHL team and you won't have to worry about blackouts, well, Kyle. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to tell you about. That was the other thing about your point I forgot to mention earlier is you're right. They do. They are adding a team, but they're adding an odd team. So you know they're adding an even it out to 32 team coming up in the next two to five years after that. So that means they had to have figured that part of this in there too. There's no way you're not planning for another expansion team in this window based on how everything's going right now because leagues are expanding to make money due to the that expansion fee. I thought Seattle was the 32nd team. Aren't they 31? 
No, it's 32. I thought Vegas is 31. Are they 32? Oh, that's right. They're the even out. Of course. Because it threw me off then. I was like, man, even or odd number too many years. I still think they expand. I still think they expand based on the part where they lost a crap ton of money and they're going to look for ways to replace that revenue over the next five years. And expansion is one way to do that. Well, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly has come out on numerous occasions over the last couple of years, even before. I, I think right after uh, Vegas came out, and he said, "No, we're we're not going to expand." And, and then you hear all these rumors about them playing around with the idea of a of a London franchise. So I I I, I wouldn't be surprised when you know, can, in the next twenty thirty years we have forty teams in the NHL. And that's fine, but can we get like the North American continent and its stuff figured out before we try to go across the pond with a game that we can't manage in our own backyard? Well, bring the bring get a team in Quebec, get a team in Kansas City, and and I'm on board for whatever comes next. I <laughs> uh, yeah, like at this point, like let's just if you want to start NHL Europe, and then expand that, and then go from there, or maybe absorb some leagues and form some team. Like I don't know, but I just don't know that putting an NHL team in another country is great when you can't manage the two countries you've got. Did anybody forget how? COVID protocols went trying to figure out border crossings for two countries. Let's try three. I, 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 I don't know I if I can follow. NFL. I struggle to follow Kyle's rants. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the same question I have for the NH, for the NFL because they're talking about Mexico and Europe at the same time. And I'm like, I, uh, go, I, I mean, great. They've got at least their own backyard figured out. That's the part that blows my mind about the NHL is you don't even have your own stuff figured out yet, and you're worried about going to other countries. So it's like I said, I I know I'm a pessimist, I'm Scrooge when it comes to the way things have done, but look at look at the history. Give me a reason to not believe that that's how this is going to go, and I'll I'll believe you. No, but, you're absolutely you're absolutely right, and and I think if ESPN at least fixes the the streaming part of it i i think that it's a good step in the right direction i i think if you know the people like you and i uh, if we don't have to worry about is if our team is playing on the national broadcast that we have to worry about scrambling to find that game that night instead of you know we could just turn it on espn plus so hopefully that's what happens hopefully you know we don't have to worry about you know because there are a good bunch of people that don't have cable packages that unfortunately can't watch hockey or any other sport because that game is blocked uh and blacked out because they it's on a national broadcast and if they have a wi-fi connection and a streaming service they can't watch it so or if you live too close to an arena supposedly that's playing that game that night yeah they don't even and they black it out for local blackouts not just national broadcasts because like for example i live in kansas and i get blackouts for colorado avalanche home games dallas stars home games and blues home games so which are three great franchises that you'd want to watch and i'm also in the dead center of all three of them so how are all three of them my home market how do how do you manage to block out literally three of your 30 teams from your schedule 31 teams from your schedule and expect me to pay the same amount as everyone else does. Like, I just, it makes no sense. And it's made no sense for people that have battled this from in different markets or live in the same town but can't afford to go to the game. Why pie the NHL package to watch my team play if I can't afford to go to the stadium if it's just going to be blacked out when it's at a home game? Like, I, 
there's there's ways to go about this with now with where streaming's being done where we don't have to have blackouts anymore. This isn't the Stone Age. Right. Totally agreeable. And so, as long uh, as we don't have a NHL 19 situation where Snoop Dogg is on the broadcast. <laughs> I mean, you they're going to you know they're going to try stuff and I'm okay if they try stuff and legitimately try stuff and Snoop when Snoop tried was great. When Snoop was just there for a Friday night at the rink and they had him on the broadcast, he was okay. But it's that's kind of what you expect. Yeah. I, I don't want it to turn into a circus, and I'm afraid that may be what we get for portions of it. I, I don't. I I can't wait for first take to try to talk about hockey for an hour. That's going to be golden. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who knows what about no, it. No, it won't. <laughs> it will be an abject disaster to watch Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith talk about be... hockey for ten minutes fun to filter I, like because you know that the hockey fans will call them out and filter like hey you you don't know what you're talking about and you know get people who do know what they're talking about in those roles get up find a person a hockey personality to bring in and then because you know people people don't watch guys like that because they are interested in what takes yeah because yeah, they they do it as entertainment so if you need an entertainer in the hockey business at least bring in somebody who knows what they're talking about on top of being able to entertain and draw viewership kevin bxa rings a bell Ooh, that's a good one i think as punishment i think Mac, uh max kellerman has to do at least 15 hockey games per season uh, <laughs> in the first couple yeah of but he should also be forced to watch like a hundred leading not up my, to each one of just, those not wild games please <laughs> <laughs> Send him I, to do like coyotes games and <laughs> all, all send him to a place where there's happy. like not a big name player that he can just focus on. Send him somewhere where have him he's actually sharks, gonna have like Kings games, sharks, <laughs> Kings, uh, Panthers, coyotes, those those kinds of markets, and then uh, yeah, see, see what know, he does. The neglected markets, like they do all the time now. Anyway, you might as well keep neglecting him. I, I mean. It is what it is at this point. Uh, th- I think this year, it, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'll be interested to see what they do with a staffing perspective. They could do this really well. They have all the ability in the world to do this really well. I have almost no faith in them to do this really well. That's just that. Uh, was I, is there like a, a timetable? Are they trying to get it done before next year? Is that I didn't? We don't know full details yet. Okay, naturally. so that but it look the TV deal expires at the end of this season, if I'm not mistaken. With which NBC. means it would have yeah. to start next season, right? And you would want it to pick up right away. You don't. You can't. Right. You can't miss coverage time. So now it says it says ESPN in in the little four two paragraph. 58 word story that we got about this yeah <laughs> uh, it says that they basically they've secured rights for a four of the next six stanley cup finals between 2022 and 2028 and a considerable portion of the package as part of the tv deal i don't know if that means they got exclusive rights i don't know how much they paid for it doesn't sound like they got exclusive rights that they only have four of the next six stanley cups that sounds yeah, like somebody else got a piece Somebody else got a chunk somewhere. Now, the interesting thing is, who is it? I was going to say, who? I, I'm i excited. Hopefully, we yeah. have more stuff about this, like some new news. Now, the if other, they're the competing other... with people, if they have to compete with another company carrying carrying games, and they have to go back and forth and actually like pay attention, that changes everything for me. Yeah, it, it creates a whole different conversation. 
Adam, you were going to go there? What? Uh, yeah, go Adam on. had something well, to say. I, well, I was going to say, I guess the other two Stanley Cups are going to be on Disney+, Plus, and they're going to do what the NFL <laughs> did in the playoffs with uh, Nickelodeon. Adam, Adam, knock it off. <laughs> they're not... They're not going to put the finals on Nick, on Disney Plus, but I could see them doing. I mean, I'll watch them however I have to, but <laughs> I mean, let's yes. make sure it's peak playoff hockey content. That hey, if you're you want to get out. the younger generation involved and they want to have the mighty, Duck I, I don't with want the young Sheldon popping up to explain to me what icing is. <laughs> no, but they could have the cartoon. You guys, hey, 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 hey! Disney Plus has the cartoon Mighty Ducks from back in like that one season. They really? could have all of them do the do a broadcast and do like Ducks games on Disney Plus, where you get like an exclusive. So for the younger generation, yeah, Ducks so need they... uh, Ducks need some some coverage. Anyways, they need something Absolutely. to better their season. They can somebody wants somebody's got to watch them. Why not have the kids watch the cool? Make them wear their cool jerseys, their reverse retros all the time. Put them on that channel all the time. And then just have them watched by the kids all the time, and have Darkwing Duck or uh, uh, all the ducks do the colored commentary and explain the game like they did on Nickelodeon, and we call it a day. That's yeah. how you use that version of it. They've yeah. already got the characters. <laughs> uh, so. You you just have to hope that there is no mics anywhere near that rink because if so, like the way the hockey players chirp is not Disney Plus friendly. You better have fans in the stands, or it better be no mics on ice. Those are your only two options. Yeah. There is not going to be skate along with the fellas on there. I mean, that Cordell podcast. Patterson dropping an F-bomb on Nickelodeon was peak content, but you, you <laughs> that's don't... Like, that's like premium least of <laughs> but your you don't, in an NHL Like, game. the way, when you watch a mic'd up hockey game, and 90% of it is bleeped out, how, how user-friendly could that be to Disney Plus? Mm, yeah, probably not exactly the demographic they're shooting for in that method. Maybe so more guess. like Adult Swim, but if you yeah, need to... Now you're switching networks. Those are That's Cartoon Network, and Disney people are going to get mad at you. You better, better be careful there. But... Well, All right. and Disney better kind of get a little bit more vulgar content. Well, let's do this. Let's wrap this up, because we don't want to be too long. Let me, let me get closing thoughts from each one of you and a, and a little bye message, and then... We're probably going to do, so you're going to be starting to hear more of us here, whereas we're going to start kicking up to more episodes a week. So, um, Adam, final thoughts before we get out of here tonight? Uh, cautiously optimistic still. I mean, I, I know you're trying to deter us from, from being a little bit more happier or uh, with this deal, but I think it's a good thing. I, I think more exposure it could only be a, a better thing for the league and, and for the sport and uh, you know, maybe maybe Disney will, will get a little bit uh, creative with it and have uh, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals in front of the castle at Disney uh, at one of the parks. You never know. But, uh, no, glad to be back with you guys. Uh, playing a little hurt today. and But uh, glad I'm back and that my equipment actually works. And, you know, can't wait to come back next week. And hopefully uh, the Lightning could pull it off in OT against the uh, – one of the a lot of overtime hockey tonight. Yeah. I've watched two Boston and Islanders. Islanders finished in a shootout, and Hurricanes over Predators in overtime. Yeah, the the Red Wings are playing as if they're the the early two thousand <sighs> Red Wings tonight. So uh, uh, that or Tampa Bay might be playing as if they are Tampa. Playing they're dropping KHL some team. ugly games this year. Yeah, they they like to play down to the lesser teams, uh, and that's what ends up putting them in the hole and what you saw them i think last time we were all together tampa was in the fourth spot now they're only a point ahead in first but um 
yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they can pull out the win tonight. All right, Jen, what about you? What's your closing thoughts here? My closing thoughts are on the PWHPA. Congratulations on another fantastic showing. I love watching the women get out there and get some ice time and some coverage. And I mentioned it on last show, but women's hockey is they're escalating so fast. And I I remember growing up and I thought, you know, women's hockey's lame. They can't hit. I was an idiot back then because, man, these girls are so talented and the speed and skill that they have. And I, I'm blown away every time I watch what they do on the ice. So yeah, congrats to them really making pushes for women's hockey. And hopefully we have more, more stuff to talk about with them going forward. On that note, actually, a piece of news that we definitely need to talk about. The NWHL announced that they are going to finish their playoffs that got postponed, canceled, stopped thing last month, I believe. And they're going to finish on March 26th and 27th in Boston. There will be no fans. Um, I do know you can watch them on Twitch because I subscribe to their Twitch channel and I follow them and watch them and they've got great they you can watch their games on there they also play some replays from time to time so you can watch old games from the archives and whatnot um but they announced that their playoffs are going to take place later this month so that's big news on the on the women's hockey front as well um so excited to see that and happy that that's happening um all right guys i i think final thoughts for me are pretty much i'm not trying to tell you guys not to be excited about the deal i just (laughs) want to see the numbers and i also want to see if espn is actually serious or if this is just another we just want to control all the content. Now we have the NFL as much as possible, the NBA, the NHL. We've got it all. Now nobody can do anything about it. We can just control what goes out, which I don't want that. So um, I'm not saying don't be optimistic. I'm just saying I'm waiting until they actually Proceed with me. caution. Yeah. Sure. Um, so <laughs> follow everybody on their social media handles. That would be Miss Jen over at Big Mac underscore four. That would be Adam Dinker over at AP Dinker, myself at Kden16. Follow the podcast, Pat. Ugh, goodness gracious, podcast at SIA First Line, and go like, rate, and subscribe the podcast. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get it, go like and leave us a review. The more you do that, the better it is for us. Please go do that as much as possible. Um, we look forward to talking to you guys again soon, and see you next time. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.